Hello, this is Len Tengis welcoming you to the iPodcast AGCMO Weekly Podcast. In each episode, we'll feature information about a contractor, specialty contractor, supplier, contracting agency, owner, or legislative or regulatory issue pertinent to the construction industry in Missouri. We'll feature industry professionals and other construction industry representatives to help our listeners stay up to date with current and future trends in construction. So here we go. Welcome back to iPodcast AGCMO. Our guest today is one of our newest members of the AGC of Missouri Board of Directors, Nick Arb. And Nick is the Vice President, Market Strategies for Guarantee Electric in St. Louis. Nick, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Tell me, Nick, you're a young man. How the heck did you get into be a vice president of market strategies? How yeah. did that how did that all happen? I would say it's kind of an untraditional path. So kind of born into the industry in some ways. So my dad worked in the electrical distribution line of the business. And I was looking for a job in high school. Mm-hmm. And they happened to have an opening in the warehouse. Good place to start. Right. So started at 16, a month after I got my driver's license. Started working seasonally for Frost Electric, Frost Supply. Mm-hmm. Driving the forklift, filling orders, probably messing up some orders for, for guaranteeing other contractors. I apologize. <laughs> uh, but did that through through high school and college. Where did you go to college then? Santa Clara University. Wow. So um, you were coming back to St. Louis then in the summers and doing that? Yep. Yep. Summers, uh, Christmas break, I was I was out there doing that type of work. And when I graduated, you know, I didn't think that life was for me. I thought I was going to be the next Don Draper, Mad Men advertising guru. There you uh, go. Had had a, a brief stint with an ad agency. Is that Was that your degree path then? Marketing business, yep, mm-hmm. yep, definitely a business degree, and and thought that was going to be the track for me, and was you know out in Silicon Valley and thought tech business things like that had had job offers in California, but decided to come back to St. Louis. My girlfriend at the time, my wife now, so it all worked out. Is, mm-hmm. is from here, and so came back. And after you know a little bit of a, a career in the advertising world, Frost actually was looking for a marketing person. Had Good familiar- timing. Great timing. Had familiarity with the people. It was 2009, 2010, so things were still pretty slow. Yeah, tough time in the market after 2008. It was it was kind of, yeah, yeah, lean lean times. Mm-hmm. And so um, was really familiar with the, the company, really familiar with the people, had known them kind of as I was coming up. And so got on as their marketing assistant, was able to kind of put some of the, the product knowledge to use that I had from those years in the warehouse, kind of familiar with the parts and the pieces and the tools. You had some knowledge of the industry, at least from that perspective. Exactly. And kind of worked my way through their, their marketing group and uh, transitioned into sales. I was uh, kind of a lighting specialist. So mm-hmm. out doing lighting retrofits and, and upgrades, you know, right when LED was kind of coming coming up. And... From there, made a shift, still kind of in the construction world to to a degree. I worked for a company called Mid-America Metals, Mid-America uh, Specialty Services now doing sales for them. They do architectural surface restoration. So an example of the work that they do around town is uh, the Soldier's Memorial renovation. Oh, okay. There's all that historic aluminum trim work, Art Deco. They came in and refurbished and refinished all that, that metal work. 
was working for them kind of all over the country. They have, I think, 13 offices all over. And uh, it was a great time to, to see the country, do some neat projects all over the place. And then we started our family, and that wasn't sustainable any longer. The airport wasn't your friend anymore. Exactly. And had noticed the guarantee was looking for somebody kind of in the, the marketing business development realm. Mm-hmm. And I'd always had guarantee as kind of on that, that pedestal, a short list of companies like, boy, someday that seems like a great place to work. And they had been one of my kind of uh, partners when I was doing the lighting work mm-hmm. and kind of put some feelers out. And one thing led to another and I kind of got hired on uh, more in a business development capacity and, and also overseeing marketing. And, and here we are, uh, it's coming up on five years with guarantee. Did you know the Ertleys then, or did you come in after Rich Ledbetter's there, or what was who was yeah. in charge at that point when you made that transition? It was before Rich came back to Guarantee. Mm-hmm. Um, so Rick was the CEO. Um, I didn't know Rick prior to, to joining Guarantee. I knew Phil Jocko and some of the folks in the service department, and uh, they got me connected with Dave Graylick and Rick Ertley and, and sat down with them and Don Brown. Mm-hmm. As somebody, uh, yep. a lot of folks in the industry know Don was kind of looking at retirement. And so they were trying to find somebody to kind of come in and, and be his understudy for a couple of years. And that's kind of how we got things started. And then COVID happened and, and everything kind of went upside down. Well, right now, in terms of what's going on in the electrical industry, about every industry rag I pick up talks about switch gear, talks about all the other issues that you're fighting in that particular industry that doesn't make marketing any easier how are you handling that yeah challenge right now certainly you know product pricing and lead times has been pretty volatile the last couple of years i'll say here recently you know pricing stabilized a little bit Mm -hmm. lead times are still astronomical relative to pre-covid you know and i don't know what the timeline is to things coming back to to normal quote normal i don't know if they ever will so the ways that we're addressing that is by trying to get involved with projects earlier in the life cycle. So getting engaged in design build or design assist projects where our team of engineers and designers can help the project team prioritize design for those longer lead items so that we can, okay, figure out what the switchgear setup's going to be, get that purchase order rolling before the rest of the project is designed, and then you've started the clock on those longer lead items so that as things progress you already know that's in the queue you know it's not going to completely fix the project schedule but it'll hopefully get some of those long lead items at site earlier on so by bringing you in earlier in the whole design process it can mitigate some of that lead time rather than waiting to the traditional time when you would include guarantee exactly what other challenges are you facing right now you know, we're not immune to the, the people challenge, just like everybody else, trying to find the, the best and brightest out there and attracting them to come work at Guarantee. You know, I don't know if folks, when they're uh, getting out of school or, or getting out of the trades, that they, they see the subcontract life as the, the shiny, sexy object. You know, they're looking well, for... Well, you didn't. I mean, you were going to go to Silicon Valley exactly. and ended up here. So there was that stumble time. Yeah. So trying to, to share those stories, you know, and, and highlight all the things that make Guarantee so special. Being employee-owned was one of the big things that, that drew me in, having an opportunity to, you know, own a piece of, of the company and be able to benefit directly from, from my hard work, you know, and, and enriching myself rather than some, 
you know, third-party shareholders. And sure. so being able to kind of tell that story and, and get people interested in coming to Guarantee. And we have a great story, 120 years in business and doing work all over the country, some of the most interesting and complex projects. And so the more work that we can do to broadcast that story and let people know that um, we're on a growth path, we've just about doubled in size in the last three years. And that's nationwide. That is nationwide, yeah. So a lot of it is concentrated in the St. Louis metro. Uh, then we also have operations in Colorado, Denver and Colorado Springs. But we also travel all over the place uh, on a project-specific basis, coast to coast. Follow clients, follow contractors. Follow clients, follow contractors. We also belong to a peer group of, uh, it's called the FEC, Federated Electrical Contractors. And so there's about 30 companies in that peer group. And so when we travel... Uh, we're typically working in partnership with somebody locally so that we're maybe providing the project design and uh, management supervision piece, and then we've got a local labor partner. Is the worker issue you're talking about something you're seeing everywhere? Is there any spot that's worse than any other, or is this an epidemic across the country everywhere you're working? I haven't found a spot yet where they say, yo, no, we've got guys sitting on the bench waiting or at least not the, the folks that we're, we're looking for, right? And it, I think the, the root cause is maybe a little bit different in different areas, but I talked to our team in Colorado Springs, for example, and they said when COVID hit, folks just got out of the trades entirely. Really? They're not, and they're not coming back. So they're, they're short hundreds of people from where they were at peak pre-pandemic. So, no, it is, it is a, uh, an issue across the board. What is Guarantee doing specifically to try to grapple with that? Yeah. You know, I think focusing on efficiencies, leveraging technology in practical ways, you know, I think there's a lot of cutesy there's stuff. a lot of gee whiz stuff, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and so how do we look at all the available tools that are out there and figure out what's going to have the most direct impact on our business and make us more efficient in a, in a practical, cost-effective way? And that's not sacrificing innovation and, and investing in R&D, but today, how can we build the smartest and the safest? And so leveraging all those different tools, maybe it's prefab, maybe it's more work up front in constructability and design to make it the most efficient means and methods. But those are some of the tactics that we're trying to deploy to, you know, circumnavigate some of the, the lack of workforce that's out there. Again, better planning, better utilization of your resources, sort of making sure that you're doing it safely, providing the quality, but looking for those gaps that you can fill in. Exactly. And, and prefab is something we've been doing for decades, but really in the last, I'll say, five, ten years, it has really taken off and folks are really, really embracing it. Owners are embracing it. General contractors, subcontractors, kind of the whole supply chain is embracing this, this concept of, of prefab and modular construction. And so we're always looking for the latest and greatest ways that we can kind of shift that labor curve a little bit, bring folks into the, to the shop and, and build some of these assemblies. It's a great pipeline into the industry as well, you know, for folks, you know, at maybe a pre-apprentice level to come in, kind of like I did back in the warehouse, you mm -hmm. know, in the, in the early 2000s to get familiar with the parts and pieces and more of a controlled environment. And then that's kind of the gateway into the trades. Well, and really the BIM principles, mm -hmm. all those sort of things have really helped with the clash detection to make sure that when you do prefab something, it actually works when you get it out in the field and don't need to readjust everything. Exactly. It's a lot more cost-effective to figure out those clashes in 3D before you got a bunch of tradespeople up on ladders trying to figure out where things are supposed to go below the deck, right? 
you know, you mentioned the, the 3D BIM. That's also one of those areas where we're trying to attract top talent. You know, we do a lot of recruitment events, and there's a certain set of kids that are interested in more of the hands-on component, and then there's another set that are more interested in the technology side of the business. And that's definitely an area where we've grown leaps and bounds in the last couple of years as far as staffing up and hiring for in-house engineering and design. And so trying to find modelers and folks that are comfortable with the tools and the technology because that's definitely an area of the business that's not slowing down. And I think, you know, we already model the majority of our projects, even when it's not required by the owner. But I see that being a standard practice here very soon. Now, you serve on the AGC board because you are involved with the Construction Leadership Council. So let's talk a little bit about why Nick takes time away from all the 10,000 duties you have at Guarantee and got involved with the CLC. Absolutely. So, you know, it started as more of a networking organization, right? My, my quote, my day job was business development. And so go where the people are. And that's kind of how I got involved with the AGC as a whole, going to events like Build a Brat and getting exposed to kind of that next generation of leaders through the mm-hmm. CLC. Found a, just a ton of value in the organization, value in the peer group that I was developing. And so um, yeah, got involved as kind of the vice chair and then the chair of the CLC and now kind of seeing the bigger picture with the AGC of Missouri and all the different parts and pieces and, and different avenues of what you all provide. Anything that's really been surprising to you as you've been on the board now? Yeah, so, you know, like I said, I, I was pretty familiar with the networking component of the AGC, but now kind of getting a peek behind the curtain, it's really remarkable to see the amount of effort that goes into work with government. I had no idea the amount of uh, work that you all were doing in Jeff City uh, to try to get favorable measures going for, for the industry. And then the, the labor negotiation piece was kind of foreign to me. You know, I'm, I'm on the marketing side of the house. Sure. We don't get too involved with operations and workforce. But um, just kind of seeing the, the work that you all do on that front has been enlightening. Well, Nick, I know that it is a challenge to come into the industry. It sounds like you've made a good transition and have that trade experience so that when you do go out to market, you understand what you're selling. You're not somebody that is not familiar with the industry. So... It's great to have you on the board. It's great to have your engagement. Anything else you want to share before we call it a day? No, I'm, I am grateful for the opportunity. And um, yet, though I never officially carried the tools, I think it is it is beneficial when you're in this industry to at least be excited by construction and, and driving around and, and seeing projects that your company or other companies working on. And, you know, to point out to the family, like, yeah, you know, Guarantee did that job. And that's that's really what keeps me going and keeps me coming back is being able to contribute to my community. You know, uh, from St. Louis, plan on staying here the, the rest of my life. And anything that I can do to help the region, help the industry is uh, is why I'm here. Well, thanks for help building the quality of life in our community. And thanks for the help you give AGC. Yeah, thank you. Thanks again for listening. It's easy to subscribe to iPodcastAGCMO on almost any podcast platform that you use. We hope you do subscribe and continue to listen as we move forward with this important project for the construction industry. To access our prior podcasts, visit www.agcmo.org, not only for podcasts, but for additional information about AGC of Missouri.